Well, good morning. It is, it is good to be with you all this morning. Um, as, as Jill said, my name is Michelle Smith. Um, I'm still getting used to that. So I, I called Nick my husband the other day, and I was like, oh, gosh. I have a husband. So anyway, I'm, I'm learning what all of that means. For those of you who are, who are married and remember what those days were like, you can pray for us. Um, things are going well, though. Um, so as, as Jill reminded us this morning, today marks the beginning of Advent. Um, today is Hope Sunday. And there's no better way to start off this, this season than of a season of expectant hope. It is um, a season of waiting, of remembering, of, of, of coming. And that's what the word Advent actually means. It means coming, and it's a pronouncement. It's a declaration of what is true. And my hope for us this morning is that we will be reminded what it looks like to have expectant hope in Jesus even in the midst of our darkest seasons. Because for many of us, today marks the beginning of a crazy holiday season where we're trying to figure out, is family coming or are they not? And do I want them to come? (laughs) And how are we going to get along? How are we going to do this? How are we going to afford Christmas presents this year? How do we meet the expectations that our society brings? And what my hope for us is, is that we would know that Advent is much more than that. It's much more than Christmas presents and family members. Um, But it is about expectant hope in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning also marks the beginning of a series for us. We are going to be in the next couple of months in the book of Luke. Um, As I was meeting with Pastor Thomas and just kind of talking about kind of what today um, represents, it's the beginning of a time of really looking at what it means to know and to follow Jesus. And there's no better place to do that than looking in the Gospels. Because we get to see Jesus' life, we see his ministry, we see the things that he was about, and we see the ways that he taught his disciples how to live. And what that looks like for us, as we, as covenant members, as a covenant family, um, live out what it means to follow Jesus wherever we live, work, and play. And so, what I love about Luke's gospel is that you know, Luke was a physician, and, and throughout the gospel, there's really this thread, there's this weave of, of healing, and it comes in different ways. And Jesus is masterful at healing because he is the ultimate healer, and so we see healing physically, mentally, spiritually, kind of every aspect, there's this holistic view of healing. And we see Jesus as a holistic God who cares about us, every part of us. And so as we read our text this morning, we're, it's going to be a lot, <laughs> but it'll be good. And so I just invite you to start thinking about those themes of healing, of where God needs to, where you need God to meet you physically, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Um. So would you join me in reading from Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5. 
In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to drink wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And he will bring many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord and in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and to the disobedient, to the wisdom of the righteous, to make a ready people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah asked the angel, uh, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, all the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed in the temple so long. When he came out, he could not speak to them, and they realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but he remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. And these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace from among the people. The word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, you are a God of hope. You are a God who has come and is coming. And so Jesus, as we enter into this season, would you show us all that you have for us? God, that we would bring before you our whole selves asking for you to meet us in the places where we doubt, where we fear, where we are unsure of how you are going to make a way. But help us to trust in you. Help us to look to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I cannot imagine what it would have been like for Zechariah. Here he is. He's been a priest. He's in this place where he's chosen by lot, 
which means it's kind of like his number is in the pot and you're shaking it around and his, you know, his number is drawn. So there's no way that he knows if he's ever going to have this opportunity to be in the temple like this. But yet, his lot is drawn, and he goes in, and his duty is to burn incense. And I think the people are probably wondering, ooh, is he okay? Did he die? Like, what happened? He's been in there for a long time. Like, in these days, they actually had, like, a string attached to them, like a rope attached to them, that if they fell out in the presence of the Lord, people just dragged him out because they couldn't go in. No one else could go in. Just Zechariah. And there's been years Years, decades of doubting, of hoping and hoping and hoping and that expectation never being met. They are childless in a time where children brought honor. And so instead they feel shame. There are things in our society that are expected of us. Maybe the right job or the right spouse or, you know, getting married at all or getting into the right college or, you know, getting, getting our children into the right school or just these expectations that we have. And when they're not met, we may not voice it, but there is shame that we feel, embarrassment, disappointment, frustration, maybe even some anger. This is how Zechariah is met in the temple by the angel. Disappointment and fear and doubt linger in the midst of faith and and in the midst of this, this shame that has been cast. There's been this hope of honor. There's been this hope of a child, but yet it's not been met. And so I don't know about you, but I know that I can relate to Zechariah because I've been in those places where I've been scared to hold out to hope because I've been disappointed so many times before. And maybe you're in that place this morning, or maybe you've just come out of that place. You know, some of you know my story. I've, I've preached a couple of times before, and so, you know, like you heard my, wow, I just have experienced a broken engagement, and then, you know, I'm engaged, and now I'm married, and God is doing some crazy things. And, you know, for, for four years, I was, I was dating a, a guy, and, you know, at the, about halfway in that time, we got engaged, and then we broke up, and it was four years of a waiting marriage that never happened, and it was heartbreaking, and so when I came out of that, I just felt like, you know what, Lord, I just don't know. <laughs> like, this, this is a difficult season for me to be in, and I prayed, and I hoped, and the last time I preached, I kind of shared some of that. And so what's funny is that uh, around this time last year, um, it was right after Christmas actually, I was doing a 40-day prayer fast with a couple of girlfriends, um, and it was, it was the Mark Batterson's The Circle Maker. I had never heard of this book, but somebody was like, we're going to circle our prayers, and I was like, I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to write a prayer down and write a circle around it and just hope for the best. And so, um, you know, kind of entered into this season of just really praying. And I woke up one morning and I felt like the Lord said, Michelle, I want you to pray that you'll be married before you're 40. And I bust out laughing. I said, Jesus, let's, let's talk about this. I said, because first of all, um, that's in a year. 
and I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know that I have enough faith to pray that because I'm still struggling. I'm still doubting. I'm still not sure that you can actually answer this prayer. And I haven't met anybody yet. Like, I'm not dating anyone, Lord. I don't know if you've, like, noticed that. Like, I'm not in a relationship. So to be married by the time I'm 40, I just don't see that happening. But I said, okay, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to circle it, Lord. I'm going to pray it, and I'm going to hide it in my heart. And I got done laughing, and I started praying. And I just said, Lord, I don't know what you want to do, but would you allow seeds of faith and hope to take root in my heart? Some of you this morning have grown tired and weary, and you're in need of healing, whether that be physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Maybe you've been waiting for a child or you've been praying that you're, for your marriage to turn around, or you're just hoping that your children will come back to the Lord. Maybe you're waiting for that long-awaited promotion that you keep being promised, but just still hasn't come. Or that pay raise that you need to be able to make it through this season. Maybe you've been crying out to God and you've been in need of healing, but you're just not sure that God can even do it, even though he said he can And you want to hold on to that, but you've been disappointed so many times before that you're just not sure how. You're not sure how he's going to come through, and you're certainly not sure of when. What I love about Zachariah and Elizabeth's story is that God met them in the midst of doubt. Their response is real. It's a response that I think you and I can, can understand, They're old, like really old, (laughs) like past childbearing years. Like this woman has been, she's been barren. They they have been trying for decades to have children. Nothing has come. And then an angel of the Lord has the audacity to show up while he's burning incense to say, guess what? You're going to go home and your wife's going to get pregnant. And Zachariah is like, really? That's nice. Have you noticed that we're old? <laughs> like, and we've been trying for decades and nothing has happened? Maybe it's a story that we don't expect to be in scripture, but I think it's there because we can relate to it. We can relate to those moments where people tell us something or where, where, we, where we have this moment of hope and we're like, yeah, but it could it really be? Could it really be true? But it's also a story of hope in the midst of years of disappointment. Because when it all seemed was all hope was lost, when it seemed like, like death had come, God does something new. He shows up and he brings life. So out of a barren woman and a doubting man comes John the Baptist, who is the one who prepares the way of the Lord. That is miraculous. And I don't know, I wish scripture told us like how Elizabeth felt about all of this, but all we know is that in the end, she says that the Lord is with her, that the Lord has done this, and the Lord has taken away her years of shame and disgrace. Two weeks ago, 
on November 18th, I got married. And um, <laughs> it's, it's a long story, um, which I won't tell you. So if you want to know more, you can come and ask me. But what God did was amazing because um, it was in a time where I had two friends that were insistent about setting me up with this guy. And for a year, I said no. Like, I was like, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Like, I'm not ready, it's gonna be okay, I can't do it, you know, whatever. And then one day I was just like, fine, I'm tired of you asking me. Yes, you can give him my phone number. And then, you know, seven months later we were married. But, um, but what's funny is that, like, a week from Tuesday is my 40th birthday. And so God really answered that prayer, and what God told Nick, like Nick was praying and like he knew he was going to go buy a house. And as he's like filling out the paperwork to buy a house, the Lord's like, I'm not only going to give you a house this year, I'm also going to give you a wife. And he starts laughing because he's like, I'm not dating anyone. He's like, and the women I'm dating aren't worth marrying. So like, where is this going to come? And it was, it was our friends, Javi and Jess, who were just like, man, we know that both of you love God and that the Holy Spirit that, you know, like... I just think this would work. So if you know people and you want to set people up, pray and ask the Lord and maybe it'll work for them. I'm not telling y'all to go be matchmakers, but you never know what could happen. But I think, you know, for, my, for me, for my story, it's just, I, I just didn't know what God had in store. And had I gotten married before, I would have missed out on the gift, the better gift that God had for me. Because every day I wake up and I'm like, wow, this is so much better. And it was worth the wait. It was worth the heartbreak. It was worth the disappointment. It was worth the trying to figure out and trying to let go and just trust the Lord. It was worth it. And so as we enter into this Advent season... How do we need to remember that throughout Scripture we can read stories of God taking what we think is dead and bringing life, what we think is over and bringing something new? Where do we need to trust Jesus to bring hope where everything feels hopeless? And for some of you, he's done that. Like, he's brought hope where it feels hopeless. So how are you celebrating that? How are you rejoicing that? How are you bringing him glory and that. I want, I want us to take a moment this morning just to pause and to ask the Lord, where do I need healing? Where do I need you to meet me the most? And where has God brought healing to you that you need to thank him for? I want to challenge us as we enter into this Advent season to cry out to God, to thank him to trust him, and to remember that although we are told that in this world we will have trouble, we're also told to take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. And so friends, I want to invite us to be like Elizabeth, to trust God enough in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of wherever we're at, to know that one day we might declare that God has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor, and he has taken away my disgrace from among the people. Can we do that? Amen. Let me pray for us. Mm. God, I thank you 
and I rejoice in what you have done in my life. And God, I know that you have good things in store for this covenant family. God, I don't know all of the circumstances, but you do. I don't know all the places where we need to trust you in deeper ways, but you do. And so God, would you help us to cry out to you, to trust you, and to remember that you are a God of hope and that you will bring, you will bring your answer. You will bring the answer to our prayers. And it may not be in our timing and it may not be in the way that we expect, but you will always answer us and you are always there for us. We thank you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.